0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Hey, as we jump into this weekend's message, I first wanna celebrate what God's been doing in our church, even just last week. Last week, we saw in person services and online 51 people give their lives to Jesus Christ. Come on, can we celebrate? I don't know where you're watching this, but let's celebrate life change, people that are getting saved, made new, forever changed. We celebrate each and every individual every week, people giving their lives to Jesus. And you might be watching right now saying, That's not me, I'm not a Christian. I'm not following Jesus, but at the end of this service today, you are going to have an opportunity to make that decision. It is the greatest decision you could ever make. And so we celebrate life change. We are in the middle of a series on the book of Daniel. Pastor Rob led out the series last week saying, what chapter of Daniel are we living in? With everything that's happening in our world and in our culture, it it almost feels like the book of Daniel And if you read the book of Daniel, there's all these incredible stories about these heroes that we're gonna talk about today. Last week, Pastor Rob's point were points were we gotta stand up, we gotta stand out, we gotta stand strong as Christ followers. And today uh, I'm preaching from Daniel chapter one. You can go there now if you want. Daniel chapter one. And the message title is called Stand Out. It's that first point from Pastor Rob. There's a book also, just a resource for you if you're saying, man, I want to jump into deeper study, a book by Pastor Chris Hodges. And he wrote a book called The Daniel Dilemma, where I got some of this information and research this weekend. I want to give you the context, and context is important since this is chapter one. Uh, Pastor Rob shared a little bit last week, but if you're here saying, I already know all this context, remember that there are people watching right now that may be hearing this for the first time. And so we're bringing them on the journey and into this story. But Jerusalem, where the people of God lived, had been overthrown by the Babylonians and these people that took them into captivity and into exile, and they took them to their homeland uh, in Babylon. And so this is where we pick up the story. It's just, it's crazy. They were brought into a foreign land. And a side note, if you're a Christ follower right now, wherever you live, wherever you're watching this from, we live in a foreign land. The Bible says in, in the book of Hebrews that this world is not our home. This is not our destination. We are just here for what the Bible says a vapor amount of time. Here today, gone tomorrow. Our home is with Christ, with God the Father, with the Holy Spirit in heaven for all eternity. But these guys, uh, this this the, the Israelites, they're brought to Babylon. And uh, if you're wondering where that is around the world... Right now, it's, it's modern-day Iraq, and Babylon was also the place where, where the story of the Tower of Babel happened. That's where we get the word Babylon, and in the book of Genesis, chapter 11, uh, here, here's that story just briefly. It says, then they said, come, let's, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Babylon is not just a locality, but it's a mentality. It's not just a location, but it's a way of thinking that God says, this is not how I want you to think. This is not how I want you to live. They were saying, let's make a great city for ourselves. Let's make us famous. And so God says in verse nine, that's why the city is called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. Anytime you have the Babylon mindset, it will bring mass confusion. And we live in a world today where people say, that I don't know right from wrong. I don't know the right way to live. And, and my truth's my truth. However you want to live is how you want to live. And we live in this mass confusion. Yet God says, I've got a way to live that will bring life, a way to living. And so these people, the Israelites, they're brought to Babylon, to this foreign land, and we find some heroes that are a part of this story. Daniel, Mishael, Azariah, and Hananiah. These, these guys are incredible. You might know them by Belteshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but the king, Babylon was growing so fast, the king said, we need more people to help rule our government, lead our government. And so he had a three-year training program for these young, handsome, good-looking, uh, literally the Bible describes them as well-educated, well-learned from royal families. And they, they picked these young men, these four guys, uh, to be a part of this three-year training program, to learn in, in the literature And the language of the Babylonians. And so these guys were a part of that. They were also given the food of the king. So so it was the best food, according to the king, the best drinks, according to the king. But a part of that food, where we're going in this story, uh, was what the Lord said. You're not supposed to eat that food. You're not supposed to drink that. And so let's read this together in uh, Daniel 1, uh, verse 8 through 20. This story is incredible, it says but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel, but he responded, "I'm afraid of my lord the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, who has ordered you that that you have to eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I am afraid the king will have me beheaded. Side note, Daniel and his buddies, these are teenagers. Teenagers that are about to influence culture, that are about to change the way things work in their day and age. They were about to test even the king. Daniel then spoke uh, with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. Daniel said, at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. Check it out. At the end of 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. God gave these four men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. He gave them favor, and God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. When the three years was over, uh, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and I love this. No one impressed the king as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service to help lead the country. When the king consulted them in, many ma- in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them 10 times more capable, 10 times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his, t- in in, in his entire kingdom. The title of this message is Pastor Rob's first point from last week. It's titled Stand Out. We are called to stand out. Let's pray together. I know we've already said a lot, gave a lot of context, but let's welcome the Lord into this moment. Lord, we thank you today for your presence and that your word speaks to us. And Lord, I just pray that through this story from Daniel chapter one, it would ignite within us a hunger, a thirst to stand out, to look differently than the world looks, to be a light in the dark, to look like Jesus, I pray these things in Jesus' name. If you're watching at home, say Amen, Amen. I grew up always with this desire to stand out, to 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 look differently. It was part of like this uh, class clown complex. I I just I wanted to be noticed. I wanted to be known. It was a part of me. The problem is, most times when I was younger. I made myself look like a fool. And and so I'm I'm going out on a limb here to share this story just so it's a, a little leap of faith. There's a little bit of risk involved. And so just go with me. I hope you give me the grace today. I want to share this story. I was in third grade. And uh, in third grade, it was it was it was mile day. anybody remember mile day? You remember the day that we were going to r- run the miles, the worst day of school of all time, uh, and you, you kind of gear up for weeks. I was gearing up like, oh my! I wasn't practicing. I was just panicking. Uh, like, I got to run the mile. We got to run the mile, I, and I hated it. First grade just was a flop. Second grade flop. Third grade, I, I, I was I was determined. Man, I'm gonna, I'm going to do something different this year. And, and unfortunately. Uh, mild day for me, gym class, was right after lunch. So I just. I had just eaten a big lunch and, and uh we we're getting ready for mile day. I was in PE class, and so before the mile, the, uh, Mrs. Foss, our teacher, had us all stretching. So let's get a good stretch in. And me, I wanted to, I want to stand out. Today was my day. I was gonna run a record mile. It's gonna be my best mile ever. And so we're all stretching. so I'm gonna stretch, I'm gonna run the fastest mile, and I'm gonna stretch better than everybody else. And so to impress the class, impress Mrs. Foss, get everybody geared up. This is the best day ever. I'm 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 gonna attack it this year. It's gonna be different. And I said, uh, I I wonder if I could stretch so good that I'm going to stretch and get my leg over my head. And so I start trying to get my leg over my head. And I I wasn't a gymnast. I wasn't flexible at all. Um, But I did it. I got my leg over my head. It was incredible. I I felt like the class started cheering for me. I couldn't believe this happened. And in one second, it felt like every muscle in my whole body cramped up. And, and like just contracted, like, oh, this is farther than my leg should go. And, and in trying to get my leg down, it got caught just for a second, just a fraction of a second, got caught on my head. And I couldn't get it down. And I ended up letting out a little bit of gas in that moment that the whole class could hear. And, uh, and even my teacher, Mrs. Foss, started laughing at me. It was, it was the worst day of all time. Like I, I was gearing up and then I, then I went out to run a 13-minute mile. It was the uh, worst day of my life. So uh, there's the story. But that was a, this drive within me to stand out. I, today, even at 31 years old, I stand out. And I'm not I'm not even trying to stand out anymore because I'm trying to avoid these awkward situations. And I was at a store the other day, um, and they had some camping gear. Just I walked in, and this place is packed. Like, this is the place to be. This is up, this is incredible. Packed in here. Sales associates, right? They're greeting. And and right at the front, they got all this camping gear. And they got these lawn chairs. And, and I was thinking to myself, man, I've been seeing in my neighborhood people just sitting in their lawn chairs and their driveways. And uh, that must be the thing to do. Kaylee, my wife, we got to get some lawn chairs. And I saw these, this, 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 uh, um, The $16.99, $16.99 for a lawn chair. This is incredible. They had all these ones. Some of them are like rockers and some of them like got headrests. And like some of them were way over the top, four cup holders. This one, $16.99, this is what I was looking for, just something. It didn't have a back to it. It didn't have arms. It was just kind of like a little bench. And I was like, $16.99, we could get two of those right now. Let's like, let's invest in some lawn chairs. This is incredible. And I, I sat down in this store. I sat right down. And it was as if I hadn't touched anything. That's how fast I hit the floor. Just right, the whole store saw it. I was in front of my children. It, it, was a, it reminded me of third grade, the most humiliating day of my life. But I've always had this drive to stand out. Those are silly stories, but here's the point. As a Christ follower, you are called to stand out. You are called to look differently. The Bible says, Jesus says, that we are called to be salt and light to the world. We don't need more Christians trying to just be the brightest where it's the lightest. Let's go to church this many times. Let's get in this many groups. Let's get this many serving. Let's get into all this stuff. Those are good things, but that's being bright where it's already light. We are called to be light in the dark. Hopefully I can get an amen somewhere across the world. Point number one, here, here we go. Ready? We're talking about standing out. Standing out means influencing the culture. Not isolating from it. And sometimes we think like, man, if we're gonna live for Jesus, we're gonna live the right way, then we're gonna, we, we should probably just, we should probably just hide. We should probably just tuck ourselves away and just buckle down and let's just wait it out. We're gonna do the best that we can. We're just gonna hide, we're just gonna be hidden, this is what we're gonna be. No, we are called to influence the culture. We're called to be the head, not the tail, not isolate and run away from it. When Jesus was going to the cross, uh, he prayed this prayer, which is incredible. John chapter 17 says this, verse 13. Now I'm coming to you, talking to the Father, Jesus praying to the Father. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. Even in this world, no matter what you face, no matter what trial, you can be filled with the joy of the Lord. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. And this is what he says to the Father. I'm not asking you, Father God, to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into this world, I am sending them into the world. You are in this world in 2020 because Jesus has sent you here. You got a plan and a purpose for your life. We got a job to do. We got to go. Rather than running away from it, we got to get into it. This is what we're called to do. Point number two, we're moving quick. Don't hang up your harps. You're thinking, like, What? I don't know a harp, harp player. I've never seen a harp player in my life. Don't hang up your harps. And here's the point. These, exile, these people that were in exile in the Bible, there's, there's two reactions that we see from two other books, the book of Psalms and, and the book of Jeremiah. Psalms 137 has this certain reaction from people that were brought into captivity. It says this, Besides the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept as we thought of our home in Jerusalem. We wept. We put away our harps. We hung them up. We put them on the branches of poplar trees. For our captors demanded a song from us. Our tormentors insisted on a joyful hymn. Sing us one of those songs of Jerusalem. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a pagan land? I just want to say this isn't in my notes, but Acts chapter 16 talks about Paul and Silas. And they were singing at midnight while they were in prison. No matter what you face, no matter where you are, in captivity or not, bound or free, have these constrictions and these limitations or not, we are called to praise the Lord at all times. So they were just weeping. They hung up their harps. Don't hang up your harps. Let's have a different response. Jeremiah 29 verses four through seven. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says to all of the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away. Whatever we face, and even right now, there are people watching this and you're facing real challenge. You're facing real limitations. You're facing real stress. You're, you're facing real problems to solve. And the Lord says to you, multiply in this season. Do not dwindle away. It's not a, let's wait it out. Let's not just hide away. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, we're gonna stand out in a time like this. We are not gonna hide. We're gonna stand out. We're gonna influence. We're not gonna isolate. The third point, the final point, as we get ready to close, it's a quick message, but hopefully I'm speaking to somebody, I'm speaking to myself, is we need to stand out like Jesus stood out. We're not just looking at this story from the Old Testament and these, these, uh, these Jerusalem boys that were in captivity. We are looking at the Son of God and how he stood out. How, how did he live his life? He lived his life like nobody else. He was friends with tax collectors and prostitutes and evil and wicked people. They were drawn to him for some reason. He didn't hide away. He left heaven and came to earth for the mission that God the Father sent him on. And we are all on mission. We are all called by God. So a couple things that Jesus did to stand out. He said, you want to be great? Then become the servant of all. Greatness comes through service. How did Jesus live? People, people, he he knew that people need to know and follow God. Are you living your life knowing that every single person you see in your neighborhood? your workplace your family and friends you're thinking through the filter of they need to know and follow god every single person is in need of a savior we've all fallen short of the glory of god we need we need a savior we need jesus and are we is that the filter that we're looking through in every person's eyes when we meet new people third thing jesus knew that ultimate satisfaction comes from god john 4:13 4, through 14 i don't know if it'll be on the screen Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will be soon thirsty again. But those who drink the water I will give will be thirsty, will never be thirsty again. It becomes fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. The ultimate satisfaction in this world comes from God. What are you finding your satisfaction in? Something that that thrills for a moment and then you're hungry for more. Or do you find your satisfaction in God, knowing that he is the only one who can satisfy the emptiness or the void or the craving in your life? It's Jesus. He's the only one. The other thing that Jesus knew is he knew that we need to hear the word of God. The Bible talks about hearing well. Don't just listen. Don't just wake up and check the box of, I read my Bible, or I read a verse, or I, you know, I went to church. But are you hearing well the voice of God? The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you and build within you godly character, godly conviction, the right way to live. And He's gonna tell you, as a Christ follower, to live completely different than the world. It's not going to make sense to the world. They're not not going to understand why you do the things you do, but you do them because the Holy Spirit is leading you that direction. And not just Christians versus the world, but even within the family of God. You individually, the Holy Spirit is going to speak things to you and he's going to tell you to do things that no one else around you is doing. He's going to tell you to stop doing things that that other people around you are doing. The Holy Spirit has a unique, path and purpose for your life, not just Christians versus the world, but you as an individual. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you. Jesus knew that, and he stood out. We need to hear the word of God. He knew that God was his father. That meant God was the authority. God was the provider. God was the protector. You need to know today, you will stand out if you live in the security That God is your father. Jesus is your Lord. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. That God is your authority, provider, and protector. You live with that security because it's different than how the world lives. You'll stand out. And the last thing is that God loves this world. You will stand out when you talk about your enemies through the lens of the fact that they are sons and daughters of the living God and that he desires to be in relationship with them. When you start talking about people that tick you off, like you want them to come into relationship with God and you're willing to extend an arm and extend a hand and extend forgiveness and extend a friendship. When you start living like that, you are going to stand out. Three things, just final things. I'm done, I promise. This comes from Chris Hodges, The Daniel Dilemma. Three things to help you live with godly character, Godly conviction, and it won't lead you astray. One, three I will statements. I will exalt God. It's how you're living, how you're thinking, the words that you're saying, does it exalt God in every situation? To live with conviction and godly character, you need to exalt God. Number two, that you acknowledge God. I will acknowledge God. I will exalt God. I will acknowledge him. The only reason you're alive today, right now, is because God is currently pumping oxygen into your body, giving you the ability to live. It comes from God. There are people that say, Well, I built my business and I worked hard for this and I did this. And I no, that's the Babylonian mindset. But do you acknowledge God? The third thing is I will humble myself because humility is coming. But do you want to initiate humbling yourself in the sight of the Lord? The Bible says he will lift you up. He will lift you up. Or are you going to live like the Tower of Babel days, like the city of Babylon? Let's build a great city for ourselves to make us famous because humility will come from God. He will humble you. It's way better follow the voice of the Holy Spirit and humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. I'd love to pray for anybody listening. and In just a moment, you're going to have an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. But let's pray together. Lord, we pray over each and every person that's listening to the sound of my voice right now, whether in Minnesota or actually in Iraq, watching online. Lord, I pray over every single person that we would exalt your name. We would acknowledge you. We would humble ourselves. And you would give us the power to live with godly character and godly conviction. Give us the boldness to stand out in a world that desperately needs the Savior Jesus Christ. We thank you for this in Jesus' name.